0: no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply
1: the one and only sausage and egg mcmuffin from mcdonald's with a freshly cracked free-range egg perfectly seasoned sausage and oozing cheese mm, that's unreal what she said mcdonald's breakfast done properly Welcome, welcome everybody to the Blood and Mud podcast, the podcast that was astounded to discover this week, that Owen Farrell's only had two yellows and one red in his whole career.
2: A a test level, Ah. a few more at club level, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But still, he's 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 only ever had one band before, which shocks me, but you know, we'll get into that I think.
1: We probably will, won't we? We could do it now, but we've got at least twenty minutes of not talking about rugby to get through before we get to that. So,
2: look, people come to this podcast with expectations, and it's our job to. I mean, I often wonder. People
1: who are new to this must go out. This was recommended to me, and I literally listened for twenty minutes, and they were wafting about shite. So, well, this is who we are. So, if you are new, welcome along. And, and Hello. you know, hi. You can skip forward roughly about twenty-five minutes before we get to the actual weekend, <laughs> just to give you a shortcut. Just give you an instant. But Easter I'd egg. stick
2: a... Well, stick around, because, you know, a lot of this incredibly left-field random shit will will filter through. Oh, and it's you our may best work. Some, you, may, you, may, you may miss some, some... I mean, I say some. You may miss all the in-jokes for the rest of the podcast if you don't listen to this first 20 minutes. That's of, true. I mean, we're using jokes waffle. very
1: loosely, but, you know, it's... Yeah,
2: like, jokes is perhaps, you know, yeah.
1: Things that make us things. smile. Things. And that's why you're all here. So here we go. So anyway, I'm Lee, and over there... In an oxygen tent, having the Osprey's Children's Horror Choir piped in to make him feel better. <laughs> is.
2: I'm still dro- I mean, if, if they ever just want to see me beyond the veil, just send that choir in and I'll take care of it myself. Imagine
1: that, by the way, if you're in hospital <laughs> struggling to breathe.
2: Well, you don't oh, have to imagine that
1: because you've actually had that happen to you. But um, and then but then they walked in the Osprey's, <laughs> the, the children's, Ospreys choir children's choir to somehow make you feel better. <laughs> like the world's most horrific candy striper yeah. or something.
2: At what, at what point did you think this was going to make me feel better?
1: I now think that they're coming to take <laughs> me away. Ha-ha, yes.
2: And I'm glad for it, if I'm honest.
1: So in between struggling for breath, Josh, you've been up to much?
2: Uh, no, general kind of do a dotting about living life not really doing a lot going away tomorrow so again right. yeah we we're supposed to go to a wedding in Cornwall this week and obviously the wedding's not happening but we did have a non-refundable hotel booked so I guess we're going to Cornwall oh then. so you've got
1: to take that at least you're already in Bristol So at yeah, least drive it it's in not Cornwall it could be a lot like worse within reach although like us maybe it... <laughs> went from the north who I thought I'd arrived in a lawless international land where you could have like a monkey knife fight and stuff <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's it's only two and a half hours to be fair, and you know it's quite nice to go to Cornwall at this time of year because all the kids are back in school. They better be by now, anyway. Had My time kids off. are
1: back in school. It's been it's been quite the culture shock for them. I they both bet they it has. both came home yesterday, Monday, as we all uh, oh, like they'd been hollowed out. It was incredible.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, not not as much delight period?
1: as I imagine. Kids with people with small children must be having oh, right now and I, sending I, the, their they, kids. They're off. probably
2: doing the macarena and all sorts.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> drinking all day, waiting for the kids to come back. <laughs> or maybe that's when the kids were there. I don't know what, which way, whichever way you're going to do it.
2: Whichever way around it is? Yes, indeed.
1: So anyway, I, what did I do? I've I made gallows brackets for shelves this weekend. You did. They
2: I saw. Looked very good. You used a laser thing. Don't fuck about. And everything. Me. Don't fuck about. Me.
1: I also limed a table. <laughs> Lime to That is some next-level shit. Did, my weekends fucking suck, says 21-year-old me. <laughs> but 44-year-old me somehow Bang was strangely z- content with it. Strazy z- content with it. What I am annoyed that's, that's about is, is that my Fender mm. Blues Junior amp keeps making a loud humming sound.
2: Ooh. I mean, now that could be a ground lift issue. I think
1: it is a ground lift issue. Mm. I think, isn't it something about the, the power socket is a problem
2: or something? Yeah, yeah. You need to get yourself some clean power. Which... How do I do
1: that then? Have you got a lot of liquid to somebody, or something?
2: If you talk to somebody that's in uh, into the worlds of pro audio and hi-fi, uh, it's going to cost you about five grand. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not that asked. There, there are some, some, some more affordable ways to, to deal with ground hum. If any you know, we should of you, probably talk about that off air. We really? probably should, shouldn't we? But so, but if any of you would like to get in touch with me to
1: tell me how to deal with Ground Hum in my valve amp, then you can please let me know at bloodandmud or lee at bloodandmud.com. My DMs are open as well as the email. And how do people get to hold of you, Josh?
2: Uh, at Josh Gardner or indeed at Rugby Shirt Watch, which I've actually started using again because, you know.
1: What else are you going to do?
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, we're on Acast. We're on Apple. We're on Patreon.com. And we thank everybody. certainly are. Patreon.com slash Blood and Mud, where you can get extra shit and you can get some messages on there and stuff like that. And you can pay $2 you and can. a whole world of extra content opens itself up to you. Or you can be an extra nice special friend of ours and pay $5 to come into the VIP, get all certainly the extra me. content cool. and get a bit of a shout out on here where we have a go at saying what kind of rugby player you are. And we've had a few people come in this week, haven't we, Josh?
2: We certainly
1: have. So I'd like to start us off with thank you very much to Elliot Fry. I see Elliot Fry as the captain of the firsts for both the cricket and the rugby club that play on the same ground in <laughs> Rutland, plays outside half for the rugby, opens the batting for the cricket, also picks the teams, as you can probably tell. <laughs>
2: Yes, uh, yeah, so you, whereas I had uh, Elliot Fry, a City Trader by Day, uh Willowy Centre for old Lenians RFC in London by night. Uh uh the only person in the club who still thinks that the whole drinking out of a shoe initiation thing is funny.
1: <laughs> I, I wonder if that there must be it must still be out there. The younger must still do this or they found oh, even more still despicable. Yeah. It's it's
2: the shoe thing, I went to a, a, a some hospitality at the principality stadium a couple of years ago and the group in there had still had i mean to be fair they were all getting on a bit not you know not that they were old but they were all people in their sort of 40s and 50s who if you were new in the in the booth you had to do the shoe thing and i just said i wasn't going to do it obviously (laughs) because i like my shoes and i'm not going to ruin them with beer but it's still out there it's still out there and it's still happening
1: we once went out and we had a game that we would play called Which Hand, Which Sauce? Right. Which basically involved, you know when you get sachets of sauces in pubs?
2: I, vividly, yes.
1: You'd put one in each hand and then you'd, you'd, <laughs> you'd, you'd have to say, like, right hand, I think it's mayonnaise. And if it was right and if it was mayonnaise, you had to eat the mayonnaise.
2: I mean, it's... Or,
1: or the red sauce or whatever it is would be in there. I mean, so you're hoping it's... to be wrong, but you've got to make a guess and hope it's wrong.
2: Right okay. Yeah, I mean it's it's not a bad game, I suppose, if if provided you don't mind the condiments offer.
1: I have to be honest, trying to swallow a f- a f- it doesn't sound like much, but a, a full, full sachet of, of mayonnaise is a tough swallow.
2: I mean, for somebody who's, who's one of the silent, you know, the silent lobby of people who can't stand mayonnaise. 20% of people by the way don't like mayonnaise. My uncle was um,
1: we were doing this before a Bruce Springsteen concert in a pub and mm-hmm. my uncle was with me who's been to see Springsteen 57 times. He's one of them. To him? And we're like getting a bit pissed because it's me and my old mates from uni were we're like going, which hand, which sauce, ha, 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 drinking it. And I like, obviously, I was still drinking then. <laughs> Drinking And drinking lager on top of having just wallops and mayonnaise down your gob is not a good idea either. But anyway, really so we're, we're saying to our Keith, <laughs> my uncle, Keith, come on, do this, do this. we're reminded him. And after about 10 minutes, he simply just went, you know you think a moment of clarity falls upon you? Because he just went, no, <laughs> I am not eating sauce. <laughs> and it's like, well, do you know what, mate? Yeah, I think, Keith, you might have something there.
2: <laughs> I mean, I could, I could kind of imagine that even though it would be quicker... Like, vinegar would be worse. You wouldn't get that out of your teeth, would you? It'd seep into
1: your your taste buds. And I don't even like vinegar. (laughs) Mayonnaise was the the... toughest one. And ketchup is hard
2: on its own. Very sweet and kind of... I mean, the the viscosity of the whole situation is not great, is it?
1: I mean, it was, let's be honest, a terrible, terrible idea and game.
2: (laughs) I think a large part of the reason why I never really got on with team sports is because I have an absolute refusal to do, like, yeah. I'm a stubborn prick. You
1: are my Uncle Keith. No, I'm yeah, not Yeah, I just won't much. do it. Like, I will is, not if, if, be goaded, and I don't give a yeah, shit what no, you think. if somebody goes,
2: ah, yeah, yeah, I just go, no. I remember my stag do when they tried to make me wear an England shirt into the menu Stadium, and I was just like, no, I'm not doing it. And they were like, I'll go on. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. I don't want to do it. And so I didn't do it. On well, my stag do. And was... some may say that's that makes me a massive fucking killjoy, but, you know. On my
1: stag do, we stayed in a youth hostel in, down the docks in Liverpool
2: because
1: mm. it was cheap and we yeah. were just out of uni and stuff. I and mean, my mate, Roger, who was massive and played rugby league almost to a professional level and was very big and frightening from Hull. <laughs> I like him already. Yeah. He came in, drunk, there was there was a vending machine in the thing. in the. We came and went to bed and Roger said, I'm going to get some of the vending machine. And he went down in his underpants, massive. <laughs> put some money in. I went with him. Put some money in. And he didn't give him his thing. So he started saying, This fucking thing's nipped me money. And he's, re- and he's shaking this machine. And this, like, 70 odd year old little scouse fella who worked security on the desk overnight, <laughs> you could see him stick his head around the wall, <laughs> take one look at Roger, and slowly his, his head disappeared again. Because <laughs> it was just like, I'm not fucking dealing with that.
2: I had a similar situation, not, not that similar situation, but. I had a similar situation on a stag do a couple of years ago in uh, in Valencia, all places, and uh, we were coming back from wherever the fuck we'd been at about 2 o'clock in the morning, and they have pizza vending machines in Spain. Which... They have
1: ham vending machines as well, which is the greatest mm. invention on earth. But yeah,
2: Exactly. So it's, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and I see a pizza vending machine, and I'm like fucking straight in there. <laughs> and so I, <laughs> I put my 5 euros in and select my pizza. Nothing happens. Absolutely fuming. F- <laughs> drug fuming. drug tired fucking hungry fuming. fuming. Yeah. yeah. There's like well, there's two other people, two of the other boys are with me. We're all waiting for our fucking pizzas. Absolutely fuming. Just keep pressing the fucking button, nothing's happening. And then after about sort of two or three minutes of getting angry and pressing things, it just decides to start shitting out every single bit of money in it. Brilliant. So like notes coins like we were we were late no oh, pizza we could barely no. Keep... that's no good to you no well see that this is the happy ending of the story because we we left there laden with literally about 200 euro <laughs> uh, in coin mainly in coins which meant our trousers barely stayed up and then we we as we were walking back to the place where we were staying there was an, a pizza kiosk which sold vastly superior actually made fresh pizza slammed a load of fucking coppers on the table and got looked at like the cunts who were (laughs) by the people who worked there but got pizza and didn't pay for a drink for the entire rest of the weekend That
1: kiosk now sponsors Spanish Rugby League
2: (laughs) (laughs) The selection is fantastic and the boys are really happy with it.
1: Funny you should mention Valencia because we also went for a piss up weekend in Valencia once and again stayed in a a hostel
2: great place for a drink that
1: place honestly if you've not been to Valencia ladies (laughs) gentlemen fucking go because what a weekend it is yeah we did that thing we were meant to go to the beach on the Saturday morning never made it to the beach and ended up Mm -hmm. in a restaurant in shorts at 7pm absolutely shit-faced we did go back went out for the night anyway headed back pissed me mate from Rochdale who again isn't a small man we go to the vending machine and get some water out of it. He mm. then, uh, for reasons that don't need explaining when you're drunk at a bloke, Strip's completely naked. <laughs> and we're shouting, Honestly. and there's two of us, two other ones, Strip, and he's he's crouched down and he's squatted down for some reason, and we're pouring the water over his head <laughs> in the middle of this, like, vending machine area. <laughs> and this, like, American student guy with long hair and white man with dreadlocks, comes, who's the kind of overnight guy, Going running oh, no. upstairs and doesn't quite clock me, mate, for some reason, straight away. He goes, he goes, guys, seriously, you're going to have to keep it down. And why is he naked? <laughs> 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 and we just absolutely but, I mean, pissed ourselves laughing. It's a
2: fair question.
0: Yeah.
1: Because, but, my friend, he's drunk. <laughs> and he's British.
2: Mention, it's funny you should mention sort of best laid plans of stag do's because on that Valencia stag do, after the, the evening of the pizza... um. For some reason, we were booked in to play five-a-side football in Valencia in September, at outside at ten o'clock the following morning, which meant we need to be at the bus by nine, and it was like a forty-five-minute drive, and it was it was twenty-eight or twenty-nine degrees, and I mean I wanted no part of this. Quite a few, quite a few of the boys did. One one of the boys was Saturday playing with espresso stag-do in espresso stag activities hand.
1: should be banned. So, there honestly, should be a European. Be fucking a European hungover and have a breakfast. Ban of Saturday stag do activities. Could not agree is, with you more. Is have a mid morning brunch, lie around and chat shit for a bit, and then go on the piss again at one pm. Yeah,
2: that's how it works. Why is it, why do you need to go paintballing? You don't. You think that you need something to do? You don't. All My brother-in-law stag do is in,
1: in Newcastle. I'd had about an hour's sleep on the Friday night, and we had to get up and go clay pigeon shooting. So we all got on the bus, (laughs) and honest to God, it felt like a bit like driving to Cornwall. It felt like we'd been driven into international waters on a bus. (laughs) It was so far away. To then just like really half-arsely attempt to shoot a fucking clay pigeon and then go on.
2: I've done that exact stag do, but outside Birmingham and including Ooh, the, driving into, even the mi- worse. driving into the driving fucking- <laughs> into the middle of a Stalbridge bridge that is pigeon the middle of fucking nowhere when you're hungover the last thing you want to do is fire a shotgun for an hour it's like that's, that's not the- physically orally the whole thing is just yeah i'm really hungover what i want is something smacking into my shoulder with a force that leaves it slightly bruised while making a very loud noise Brilliant While idea I miss
1: that. everything I shoot at. <laughs> so my self loathing from last night is gonna be even worse after I've done this. Yeah. So sorry. Moving yeah. on. I don't know what the, Elliot Fry, thank you. You started all yes. of that. I don't know why. You, no. See, that's why you come to the VIP because you make yes, us go even yeah, more, you know, why yeah. are you the way you are? As you say. This we don't know. Also in the VIP is Rob Wood. Josh, what kind of player is Rob Wood to you?
2: Uh, who would do double duty on both sides of the scrum when the club can only field four substitutes Rob Wood <laughs> who would drive the bus when the regular driver dislocates his knee when he slips on a training bib during warm ups Rob Wood who inevitably gets the first round in when you go to the bar after the game Rob Wood
1: who would prang a pizza <laughs> vending machine to get the money out Rob Wood Rob, <laughs> Rob Wood I've got Rob Wood has a 348 appearances for Oral at Hooker. Lovely. He's now a PE teacher, obviously. Obviously. And he, he also has a YouTube channel on which he shows you how to fix petrol strimmers.
2: <laughs> There's a glorious like subcategory of like YouTube videos by practical people showing fucking unpractical young morons how <laughs> to do basic things. It's such a... A, a rich seam of sort of people you wouldn't expect to be successful on YouTube, being successful on YouTube. I love it.
1: It's glorious. Uh, what else? Thank you, Rob. What have we got next? Cameron Stewart. I've got Cameron Stewart. Cameron Stewart is the Scottish cousin of US golfer Payne Stewart. <laughs> they no longer speak after an incident when Cameron took umbrage at Payne's plus fours and then wedged him using his pastel-coloured flat cap.
2: It's interesting, actually, because uh, I guessed that you'd understandably make somebody call Cameron Stewart Scottish, as hmm. you would. So I, I went down the, the route of making him an American, which, I mean...
1: Yeah, okay.
2: And Cameron's a standout open side for Harvard's, Harvard Business School, RFC. Cameron now spends his days chasing the dream at New England Free Jacks, while also keeping his tech startup Snowbro, a subscription <laughs> service that delivers square metres of perfectly preserved snow anywhere in the US for just fifty nine ninety nine a month afloat. You know, hashtag Snowbro. Hashtag Snowbro.
1: Other <laughs> other other subscription services are available, as we know, because everything is a subscription service now.
2: Um I'll tell you Coffee. What, that, that if that, if, that, if that you think I made that up, uh that I'm afraid that service does exist. It's called Ship Snow Yo, and uh it will snip uh, it will ship up to fifty pounds of real snow to anywhere in the US uh, overnight, guaranteed.
1: What, to like even to like Arizona where it wouldn't yeah. even survive when it got there.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's like the little ship in a refrigerated box. Snow. It's designed for apparently people who grew up with snow and now live places where it never snows, so they can feel some snow.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, people have a go at capitalism, don't they? But <laughs> <laughs> the um, <laughs> you know what I think there's a yawning gap for subscription wise. Mm. Non-stick frying pans.
2: Good show. Because guaranteed yes. after
1: three months it's not working properly, is it's it? Not and you're getting very frustrated no. with it. Yeah. And you shouldn't just I... have one delivered to your door every three months.
2: Cause that's the thing, I buy the T and I pay the premium. Oh, yeah, and it and looks yeah. fucking blind. It looks like titanium
1: looks... when you Yeah. But like then
2: guaranteed cooking. within three months, four months, it's shit again. Yeah, you look like you're you know? fo-
1: for at least a week you think you're cooking on the Terminator's fucking arse plate <laughs> and then basically you end up fuming with all the scratches and the fact your egg won't come off.
2: Yeah. So maybe what we need to do is just have. I mean, it's not very good for the sort of, you know, the, the, the environment, but maybe we do just need to start throwing out our Oh, we'll be dead with this pestilence for three, three years, though, matter, isn't yeah, it? Yes, good point. This is it, nature
1: it. teaching us a lesson for fucking up where we live. <laughs> thank you, Cameron. Anyway, thank you. Indeed. Um, also, into the VIP this week, finally, is Ewan Clark. What have you Indeed. got Ewan Clark
2: as? Uh, Ewan used to be a bruising outside centre, but mm-hmm. as he's gotten older, his legs have started to go, and he shifted to number eight, where, to be honest with you, he's enjoying something of an Indian summer because uh, now he's got so many more opportunities to be a total shithouse, and he's loving it.
1: I like it. I realised I didn't say what kind of rugby player Cameron was. I just made a joke about him being related to Payne Stewart, but there you go. Doesn't matter. Ewan Clark. I've got Ewan Clark. He's a loose-head prop for Night Stalker College former pupils. Lovely. Uh, refuses to move across to tight head even if it 's uncontested on account of his nerves.
2: <laughs> look some people get a bit claustrophobic in these situations well you know i'm not going to yeah, judge him
1: i 'm gonna judge you no, no anyway that's thank you everybody's coming to the v i p but a, finally a gigantic thank you has to go to Dave McGee and Johnny Ball, not that one. <laughs>
2: Um, Just took my joke right out of my mouth. Sorry. <laughs> for,
1: for their obscenely generous VIP lounge contribution increases this week.
2: Oh my God. Lads, See, what's, what's, what's happened to you? We don't. I'm well, not complaining, but.
1: Let me tell you what kind of rugby player you two are, right? You're basically mm-hmm. literally angels with wings and everything. <laughs> so
2: You're like Bowden Barrett and Shane Williams had a baby. Yeah. And it and had wings ma- and a harp and shit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So thank you very much. If you do want to sign up, patreon.com slash blood and mud and you can get extra stuff like the episode we did last week with Tony Collins yes. and Cameron from the Scottish Rugby Blog podcast about sevens and also a bit of a history about the borders, really. It was really interesting, that, I thought. I really enjoyed it. I just sat yeah. there while Cameron and Tony did most of the talking. It was bouncing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's worth listening. if you. Plus, that's, I think, the 12th Definitely. episode of the History podcast, uh, the History series now. Yeah. Loads of good stuff in there, plus everything else. We begin as we always begin, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Twenty-one minutes. That's not bad. That's, That's a, not a bad. middling That's one. With a player thing. spotted, and I'd like to thank Adam Mandeville, who got in touch on the DMs, and he said, "I don't know if this counts as a player spotted because he's retired, and it was months ago. That doesn't don't let like that to hold you back." No, no, Adam. No, no, no. He said, "But in January, I was in having a drink in a rugby pub in Cardiff, watching a Munster game, when Barry John walked in the pub and sat right next Hello. to me." He sat there for hours and simultaneously watched the rugby football and the horse racing.
2: <laughs> Lovely stuff. He's always was, scanning, always scanning.
1: He was very kind and humble and happily chatted to me about the rugby, about George Best and the woes of Manchester United. Fair play. He's a nice bloke, Barry. I've met Barry never, a couple of times.
2: I've never met him. I'd I probably go a little bit, you know, weird if I did, if I'm honest.
1: Adam, that's a very good player spotted.
2: It's a bit too good, if anything. A
1: bit too good. However, it's not the greatest place possible we've had related to a legendary Wales 10. Do you remember what that oh, one well. was, Josh? It was Phil oh. Bennett in a park. Oh, yeah. And do you remember what... They... <laughs> I can't remember he sent it in. Do you remind me? But they wanted Phil Bennett's autograph, but it didn't have any paper. But they So they got the lid off a Chinese takeaway <laughs> container we... out of the bin and asked him to sign that. <laughs> And apparently Benny was very nice about it, as you imagine he would be.
2: Yeah, it's probably the most interesting thing he's been asked to sign in years.
1: It was fucking brilliant, though. The, the picture <laughs> of this kid
2: freaking out and trying to find her,
1: and, it, and probably had like the curry, the, the oily curry stains on. Oh, it, like absolutely, it did. That'll never, the will never was not smell of that
2: again. No, <laughs> he's mainly he's he's mainly engraving his signature in there. It's not even really writing it.
1: Shall we move on to some correspondence before we do the news? Oh, definitely, yes. Uh, where we ask people who send us stuff, and we read out the stuff that tickles our fancy. Send us stuff, yeah. Dave M gets in touch. He says, I've got a con- we talked about cocktails last week. We did. Particularly cocktails in pint glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, We've got lots and lots of nominations. I've not had time to go through them. However, Dave M gets in touch. And said, I've got a contender for the worst drink combo. I was on a date, and I went up to get the drinks. I asked the girl what she wanted, and she said, can I have a Tia Maria and red lemonade? Do you know what red lemonade is?
2: Is it like no? What the fuck well, is red Well neither did lemonade?
1: I. So of course I had to go, what's red lemonade? Every Irish listener is going to be shouting now about how can <laughs> you know what red because apparently it's a legendary Irish soft drink. Okay. And it's literally lemonade coloured with cochineal. apparently. So it is, as it says, just lemonade that's red. I mean... Imagine a coffee liqueur with lemonade of whatever colour.
2: I mean, I have heard of people having Tia Maria and Lemonade. And what? I don't, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I, I approve of it. I'm just saying that it, it happens.
1: Dave M continues, he says, I had to double check what I was hearing and because it was first to second date, I couldn't ask her to go up and order it for herself. The look on the barman's face was how I imagined Stern Verne would look if he didn't kill the rabbit that he asked you to kill. Pure disgust and confusion as I hurriedly, hurriedly explained it was for somebody else. The drink was not good and we did not go on any more dates.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's a lovely Well, you've got to know what you believe it, in, Dave. Yeah. You've got to know what you stand for in stick, this world. You've got to stick to that shit.
1: Yeah. So yeah, it's a red lemonade. Yeah. Lemonade covered with cockenail. coccaniel. is made from beetles. You know that?
2: Oh, so it's definitely not vegan then.
1: I don't believe... Well, I don't know. Are vegans against eating insects?
2: Yeah. Anything, basically, that isn't a tree or a plant, I think. Which is, is fair enough, pretty... I suppose. But I always, yeah. yeah. Yeah, all right. Fish, because it, beetles, we Because are we all shellfish. meant to
1: meet, eat insects soon? Because it's the safe, best way to get protein. and There's like gajillion, mm-hmm. majillions of them.
2: Yeah, apparently so. I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy to just die.
1: I think <laughs> to I'm absolutely happy <laughs> to just die. <laughs> Not a chance.
2: Yeah, so... Uh...
1: Ben Brace gets in touch. Hello Ben. He's listened for a long time. Ben, he's always he's always in touch for quite a while. So we've mm. seen you there, Ben. Don't worry if we've not mentioned you before. So thanks for listening. He says, following on. So following on from last week's player spotted Josh when we saw Mike Brown in a sandpit in a royal in an RHS garden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really did enjoy that. But yeah. yeah. Ben gets in touch. He says, "I've worked at RHS Garden Wisley in deepest Hello. darkest Surrey for three years now and have never seen any Quinns players. I must stop looking at the plants,
2: I suppose." He says. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Well, keep your eyes open, Ben. I mean, don't lose your job because you're not tending to the plants. No, no, obviously. no, 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 He also says, referring back to your point about an oak uh, pine tree in your garden and being worried about it in the wind the other week. He says I'd be more concerned with the pine tree in the wind as they have more shallow surf. They're more shallow surface rooted than oak
2: trees. See, that's what I was worried about. Yeah, well, like, cause, see, because because the, the the roots don't look deep. But then, at the same time, you know they are made to be on the side of mountains and shit. Anyway, said, it was fine. No,
1: but he concludes. He says, "Whilst the thoughts on the the thoughts on the bendiness is sound, he says, mm. the pine tree is still more likely to fail in the wind." I'd say. Wow. Well, I mean, you just don't get this from listeners to the really podcast, do you? No, it's just a higher I mean, class of knowledge. Clearly, I passage, need to get a tree you know, Without in. ego, you know, yeah. wonderful,
2: fantastic stuff.
1: Ian Wallace writes to us. To say that Mm. the military penguin was a question on Pointless last week.
2: Truly, we are nothing if not the agenda setters.
1: I want to know how you phrase a question on Pointless that's related to military penguins. Was it, which of these names is a military (laughs) penguin? And you had to like, how many, I'm really confused. But anyway, speaking of military animals, Josh.
2: I I, I felt like that might have been a segue. (laughs)
1: We have come to the point in this. Because now that we have a military animal, an animal, war animal of the week. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're not ashamed to say this is what we do now.
2: Absolutely. It's, it's the primary focus of this podcast.
1: I would like this week to introduce everybody to Dickin mm. Medal recipient for Bravery in 1945, the dog called simply Rip.
2: Hello. I like him already.
1: Rip was a mongrel mixed breed terrier who became a Second World War search and rescue dog by accident.
2: (laughs) Oh, look at him. Look at his face. Have you ever
1: seen a face better than Rip's face? A scruffy little wire-haired, short-legged, terrier-featured, wonderful thing. Rip was found as a stray following a heavy bombing raid in London, so he probably got his house and his owners killed. Yeah. So you imagine the emotional strain he would have been under, wandering oh, in the streets. He was thrown scraps by Mr. King, a gentleman who expected the dog to leave, but the two struck up a friendship. And Mr. King worked a post in proper London, and Rip was adopted the mascot of the South Hill Street Air Raid Patrol and became no, unofficial an unofficial rescue ARP dog.
2: dog. Fair play. Yes.
1: Being used to sniff out casualties trapped beneath buildings and became the service's first search and rescue dog. And it's because of him that they actually started training search and rescue dogs.
2: That's fucking remarkable.
1: What a fucking legend Rip is,
2: eh? He took to it instinctively.
1: Just because he wanted to do good. (sighs) What a good lad. Despite losing all his family, by the sounds of things.
2: Between 1940 and 1941, he found over 100 victims of air raids in London. That's just...
1: He was not, it says here, he was not trained to search and rescue work. He just took to it instinctively.
2: Lovely stuff.
1: He was awarded the Dickin Medal. Um, a medal that he wore every day around his neck on his collar until oh, the day he died.
2: a great touch.
1: <sighs> and his medal was sold at auction in 2009 and it was, t- and, and it fetched 25 grand nearly. Fair play. A record price for a Dickin Medal
2: died in 1946. He He wore it around for a good year or so. And the war would have been fresh
1: in people's memories, and they'd have seen him with that little medal, and they'd have said to the guy who owns him, what's this medal? And they'd have told these people. And there'd have been tears in the street. there would have been if I was
2: there. Rightly so, frankly.
1: He became the first number of Dickey medal winners to be buried in the PDSA cemetery. That'd be a great day out. And I mean that genuinely. Have a look at all I mean, the PDSA.
2: It's in, it's in Essex, isn't it? That's Able Seacat Simon from last week, he's there. Is he? He is, yeah. Well,
1: that tell you what, pod outing, the next pod social, we'll go in the pub, <laughs> then we'll go into the PDSA <laughs> cemetery in Essex. <laughs> his headstone uh. reads, Rip, D- Dickie Medal, we also serve, for the dog whose body lies here played his part in the Battle of
2: Britain. Oh.
1: That's I'll tell you what. Stuff, I mean, this is it? what we need in a jaded world right now?
2: Honestly, this stuff is, is, is keeping me going. This, <laughs> in this, you know, well, it's, it's that other ri- children's
1: choir. So
2: yeah. Oh, I'd much rather rip come and take me to the beyond than, than some children's choir. Absolutely. Look at his little face.
1: <laughs> Honestly, ladies and gentlemen, look, rip the dog up on Wikipedia. Look at his little face. Honestly. It is the most wonderful thing you will ever see. Anyway, it is now time to do the news.
2: <laughs> yeah, news. Um, uh, sailor signed yet another South African. Who is it's it? 10 now. Uh, uh, Cobus Visa is the, the latest to, to oh, swap he? the sweeping views of Table Mountain for <laughs> the sweeping views of the M62. Um, I mean, they, they basically, Dimes isn't going to rest until he got Point of order, full... it's the M60, but I see oh, what you're sorry, saying. The M60, yeah. Yeah. Um, He's not going to rest until he's got a full fifteen of South Africans. Is good it? signing, this though. Much, this it's much is signing. obvious. It is a really good <laughs> signing. Yet another really good signing, and yet another thing that makes you go, "How are they affording <laughs> this?" But anyway, I've uh, got yes, some kind so,
1: of algorithm that's sorting that out.
2: Pff, fuck knows, to be and honest. nothing ever goes wrong uh, with
1: them, as we discovered. So
2: no. Uh, also, Eddie Jones has got more fucking jobs than uh, a humanities graduate trying to make ends meet in You've the economy. He did a pod, is not he? Uh, he's not only doing a podcast, uh, he's not only the general manager of Suntory Sun Goliath, which he's still technically doing, uh, he's not only a member of the board of Golden Sachs Japan, which I discovered today. Despite uh, not
1: actually being Japanese, as they've made a point yeah. in the Miracle quite a lot. Funny weirdly. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, and also, of course, he's the head coach of the England national side. Um, you may have forgotten <laughs> about that. Um, England's now, Eddie's now taking up a role with the San Diego Legion in the MLR as a coaching consultant. Uh honestly, it's proof that test coaching requires very, very little time. And there's a hell of a lot of fucking downtime. Because he's got five jobs.
1: And from the sound of things, he spends a lot of his downtime swimming in a Scrooge McDuck-style basement full of gold. judging not you, don't you yeah, buy I'm, I'm that he you've just the... lined up there?
2: <laughs> I don't think he's doing any of these things for free, I'll put it this way. No. I'm pretty sure he's doing quite well with England. So, yeah, good luck to him, I say.
1: In other news, the autumn tournament. Remember that, ladies and gentlemen. That's still happening. <laughs> um, although people are pulling out the rain so we'll now have Georgia in it. Yes, because Fiji, the man from Fiji, he say no.
2: I know Fiji is still in it. Aren't I thought they? Fiji are no. But I thought it was. I thought it was Japan were no, and so because South Africa are now no. Honestly, I don't know.
1: No, England, Wales, and Ireland are set to face Georgia instead of Fiji.
2: See, because the, the telegraph tournament. says <laughs> the telegraph says Georgia to replace Japan in Eight Nations tournament.
1: <laughs> Nobody's got a fucking clue what's going <laughs> on, I think, is what we come at the end of this.
2: Uh yeah, so who knows, honestly. Um but Amazon wants it, which is interesting. That that's is much interesting. more inter- that's much more interesting than the tournament itself. Um, is that Amazon are apparently very interested in the rights. Particularly because it's rugby on in november and it's therefore going to help them boost their pre-christmas subscriber numbers which they obviously want because then you'll order all your christmas presents on amazon because you'll get them the next day it's very smart Oh, some
1: people who don't order their christmas presents on amazon i don't I don't know who are these but, people
2: i mean some people morally object to amazon but uh, I mean, if you've got it... So do right I in abstract, was, but then I just I mean, buy yeah, stuff I from... Yeah, do, I do as well. Yeah, fundamentally, <laughs> I also morally do. <laughs> this is terrible, 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 terrible. It's just very fucking they easy are sending to order me things new, on Amazon Prime.
1: They are sending me a new gas cartridge for my tubular light in my garage. So, <laughs> you know.
2: Oh, I need one of those as well. Like one of mine's <laughs> flickering. I'll just get it on Amazon now. Hang on. No. Um, yes. So that that to me is much more interesting. than The tournament itself would be just seeing what Amazon did with rugby because they did quite a good job at the Premier League. I thought. I thought they really did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So and then, uh, yeah. And also, what it proves is is that Georgia will turn up to anything if it means two Absolutely one.
2: Absolutely anything.
1: Yeah. Also, it, it, it also as we well known, that coronavirus doesn't actually affect Georgians.
2: No, clearly not. Look at them. Just not asked at, at all.
1: Georgia for coronavirus. You know, there's that island in Greece where every health uh, researcher all converged on about 10 years ago because they realised everyone on there was living to 95 and they had no heart disease. Yes. And they all converged. What the fuck are these lads doing? That's what they're going to do with Georgia.
2: Yeah. It's just like, what are they doing? It's like, oh, well, genetically just look at them. Yeah. Of course they're immune to it.
1: Turns out the, the whole island thing was obviously the diet and the fact they were all still walking about five miles a day to sit together at a coffee shop and have a chat. So it was yeah, a combination 10. of no social isolation, exercise, and a decent diet. There yeah, you go. Who'd
2: have thought that would be good? Yeah.
1: Social isolation is incredibly bad for you. Just so you know, as we,
2: as we will all prove, as we are all going <laughs> particularly, yeah. particularly
1: if you are if you are an older person, because it affects Indeed. your confidence hugely. This is not even a joke, ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying to no, I'm trying to educate true. you here.
2: <laughs> Any more news? Uh, I mean, there's news, but like. I mean, does anybody really care? Things are happening so fast at the moment in terms of just stuff. Like an all-black squad has been named. Um, Yeah, there's rugby going on as we speak.
1: I was just about to say, here's some right up-to-date live news. (laughs) Uh, It's half-time at Bristol, Northampton and Ashton Gate and Bristol are winning 21 points to three.
2: I mean, cool. Cool. That's def- that's- a good thing is that that's not going to be out-of-date information by the time people hear this. So uh,
1: It's yeah. half-time. Craig Doyle and LOL are having a chat. Craig Doyle's boot game is disgraceful.
2: Really? It's, I mean, it, what are we talking here? We're talking, we talking Chelsea? Chelsea boot from the looks oh. of
1: things. It could have laces. It's hard to see from here. They've got that kind of wooden sole. Is that the best way I can describe it? Like oh, it, like, like yeah, a, it yeah, like, yeah. It looks sort like, a,
2: like the, a cork sole almost. The, the bottom's
1: been made for... The, where the stitching is, like it's been made from pine.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you.
1: Lowell's wearing a pair of trainers that are entirely too white.
2: Has he got a dreadful pocket square today?
1: He hasn't. He's wearing what I would call... I think it's the barber version of an attempt at a kind of casual jacket.
2: Uh, Tuesday casual, see. So yeah. he, he was wearing a jacket and tie for the weekend's games. But I mean, I can't hear what he's saying. Mid-weekers.
1: I can't hear what he's saying, but I'm sure it's... Obviously, every single word of it is fucking priceless and... Worth his weight in gold, obviously. As as
2: with everything he says ever, yeah. So there you go. So there you yeah. go, that's Some the, new... the, the, the oh, great the, news. The, the 2023 World Cup draw has been postponed, which seems sensible. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been shifted until the 14th of December, which, to be honest with you, seems, again, optimistic at best. I think but we should know. do it
1: on Teams and screen it that way. Yeah, so like, you can see like Bill, Bill Beaumont's cat walking in. Or something, or not. sat eating I'd, Raspberry Ripple
2: ice cream. I'd be in board with that. Why not?
1: Why not? Nothing's ever going Virtual to be the again.
2: Virtual everything now. That's how it works.
1: Um, what have we got? Shall should we, should we move on to the weekend? Should we talk about the we weekend? probably should, yeah. Here's what I think. Semif- semi-final fever this weekend. Mm-hmm. Semi-final fever feels very different on Saturday than it does on on Friday this mm. weekend. Because let's not be around the bush. That Friday game was despicable.
2: Oh, unbelievable. Unwatchable.
1: munster Leinster, by the way, in case you're yeah. not following me.
2: Awful game. And, yeah, the one on Saturday was, was
1: pretty good luck. Well, it had drama, at least, didn't it? Yeah. It had drama. The, I mean, Munster, going back to Munster, I mean, they're missing a few players, aren't they?
2: Firstly? They are, to be fair. To
1: be fair to them. But, I mean, their attack was like watching somebody trying to push coal through a sieve.
2: Well, this is the the thing. They had no recognizable pattern at all beyond just run it up, yes, for ages. And you know, I know they're missing some players, but <laughs> they've also got a lot more good players than a lot of other teams have got. And I'm not sure that that's really, <laughs> I'm not sure it's really a good enough excuse I, I that think, we're missing a few.
1: Yeah, I think DLN Day and. Farrell can be used better than that, regardless of who you're missing. I would say it's
2: it was. I mean, to call it Route One is perhaps to do a disservice to the Route One because Route One actually goes somewhere. <laughs> um, but it's it was not the most. What's the word I'm looking for? Advanced plan I've ever seen. No, very little on the old patent. Yeah. No. And yeah, as you say, you know, you look at that back line and you think they've still got Andrew Conway, Keith Earls, Conor Murray, Chris Farrell, D'Alende, JJ Hanran, and Shane Daly. That's a back line that should be able to score a couple of tries.
1: Or at least get beyond the gain line with something like regularity.
2: Yeah. And they had, you know, their pack was good. It's. I, I know. I know Leinster would be Leinster, but Leinster were not, you know... They did quite a good job of making Leinster look annoyed and frustrated and not their usual selves, which I suppose is credit to them in some way. But yeah, you did just... I couldn't shake the feeling that there was just, you know, a little bit of adventure, a little bit of coherency and attack. And they might have actually nicked that game because... Yeah,
1: I so. think they made it quite a big mistake in not kicking that penalty a couple of minutes on mm, the end. Mm,
0: I mean, Abraham wasn't
1: kicking very well. You know, that night of all nights, he had his his Toblerone yeah. boots on, didn't he? But um, I think he'd have probably kicked that one, it and so. yeah. and then you'd have got the ball back, and you'd have given yourself a chance to square it up, wouldn't you? I mean, it's still a fucking long shot. Don't get me wrong, but then, it, but in the end, it just fizzled out into into nothing.
2: It was yeah. For the last half an hour, it was basically. Everybody knew that Leinster were going to win, but we all just had to get through it.
1: And who'd have thought that uh, Leo Cullen looks even more terrifying with half his face covered up? <laughs> it's
2: just that was a it shock, you let you to, me tell you. It allows you to focus on his eyes, <laughs> which, I level with you, are not the most attractive part of him. Maybe no. Mrs. Maybe Mrs. Cullen disagrees with me, but yeah, I just think he's sure. got better features.
1: So yeah, I mean uh, Sexton played pretty well, to be fair to him. However, he did. Who who was on? I don't know who was on co-commentary on Friday.
2: I, I don't. I was, was it Liam Toland. I
1: Either don't way, know.
2: I might be watching a different stream, but yeah,
1: it was properly an O'Driscoll level commentary box circle <laughs> wank. It was like you're going to put a sheet down soon if you don't pack this in because it was horrendous but he did play well but yeah it was quite he did play well
2: but to. at the same time it's just like if you if you once played for that team I don't think you should be allowed to commentate on them I also think that it's just a bit much I also
1: think that there's a point at which when you're a kind of a recognisable great player and have been mm. for a period of time it's once you get beyond the age of 35 and you're heading towards anything you do is applauded like a toddler having a shit on a potty <laughs>
0: It somehow is. it's
1: incredible that what you've just achieved, that you've actually managed to tackle somebody even though you're 35. You know, it's it's really weird.
2: Yeah, there is a bit of that because, like, I can't... I, I, I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve every plaudit that he gets but, like, there's a bit of that with Alan Wynne where it's just like... Yes. Like, Alan Wynne is a, still a fantastic player but there's a hint of patronising sort of, um, like vibe to it that people are just amazed that he's not fucking shitting in his hands every time he steps (laughs) onto the field it's there's
1: alan win jones this week again not wearing a nappy well done alan win jones
2: yeah it's like no he's a professional he's one of the best rugby players that's ever lived of course he's still decent at 34
1: and nobody calls it out he doesn't play that well because it's almost like well how can you expect him to play that well he's 34 years old Mm. You're lucky he's not just shit in his hands. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's, 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 can we can we move past the anybody like I sp- I, sp- I find I I find that I sort of I notice it and get more annoyed by it now that I'm in my mid thirties. But it's like, can we not be just kind of amazed that somebody over the age of, of thirty two say can fucking walk in a straight line on a rugby field so or can- any kind of sporting endeavour?
1: Within my forward vision is getting those over fifties live funeral plans through the to the post. I'm not that far away from it. And, and and that's kind of making me angry. Just the very idea of it is
2: making me get annoyed. You could get a charming carriage clock though, so you know
1: Yeah, why well, does everybody over fifty want some chintzy shite for their house? <laughs>
2: What do you think? Our because obviously the the charming you can carriage get clock. this
1: pen pen I can't even fucking write anymore. <laughs> Honest to God, every time I try and write, something, someone really break me wrist.
2: I'd... It's interesting though. What like because obviously they've it used to be the charming carriage clock for the Sun Life over fifty plan or whatever it is. Yeah, and now it's evolved into this pen. Like <laughs> obviously, as people as, as sort of generations change, they're like kind of. So what's it going to be for us? Is it going to be like this charming phone case?
1: (laughs) And then even further on, this
2: this charming
1: Snapchat filter.
2: Yeah, this charming Bluetooth speaker. (laughs) (laughs) But it's still that horrible chintzy gold. It's just a Bluetooth
1: speaker. (laughs) Yes, indeed, yeah. (laughs) It's wrapped in glass in a glass case. (laughs) Uh... Where were we? The weekend, don't yeah. Know. So anyway, Munster, Leinster, and and the fact that Johnny Sexton is old.
2: Yes, and apparently that's amazing.
1: That is. That's welcome to that's amazing with me, Carl Hooper. Jo- jo- yeah, Johnny Imagine Sexton, that. welcome to that's amazing, amazing with me, Carl <laughs> Hooper. I've got Johnny Sexton <laughs> with me this week. Johnny, what have you done? Well, I'm 35 years old and I don't shit in my hands. <laughs> get off me! Get off my fucking show, mate. <laughs> Each one of those accents is terrible, but I am available to the recorded messages should you wish me to.
2: I think that we're going to get... You know that... What's that fucking thing called? Cameo? I think we're going to get band. requests. No, as in the... I'll be well up for that. Can, the app where you can get famous people to do... Uh, Record record video yeah. I didn't know what that was.
1: And Charlie Starr from Blackberry Smoke, I follow him on Instagram because I love a bit yes. of Southern Rock, you know. And he mentioned I'm here on Cameo. I was like, What are you on about? What are they do a cover of Word Up or something? I'm, I'm fascinated, <laughs> but no, I mean, it was I, do you want it's has quid for him to say happy birthday in a Georgia accent, you know.
2: I mean, I'm saving up to get uh, James Haskell to wish you a happy 50th birthday in a few years' time, mate. So, Beautiful shithousing, yeah.
1: He keeps yeah. appearing on in my Instagram. Recommends oh, reading excerpts from his right, book.
2: Do you know how much James Haskell will do a uh, do a cameo for you? How much? For. Well, I mean, it does depend on what you want. But uh you can chat with him for just sixteen pounds fifty nine. Dunno what that means. Has a bit of a Sixteen pounds fifty
1: nine. Very has specific. A, I, assume
2: there's a, I assume there's a currency conversion going yes. on there, but uh, I don't know what the chat works. It's got a bit of a Leslie Grantham vibe and I don't like it. Um, <laughs> Imagine that uh, massive head filling your screen, chatting with you. Uh, but he will record a customised video message for you for £116.20. and pence. How much so, is the well. watch,
1: James, getting fed into a threshing machine? Option is that there. It's
2: not. There's not an option, but we could probably. We do, they do do custom requests, so we could. Just maybe to be very clear, ladies
1: and gentlemen, caveat: I do not wish death via threshing machine or any other <laughs> method on James Haskell. <laughs> Genuinely, I do not. It was a joke.
2: Uh, I mean, it's sad that we have to say that, but it's it is really. But sometimes you know.
1: Yeah. Um, what else on the weekend then?
2: Have you got? Uh, Ulster are the most. Under the radar league finalists in recent memory, since they were the like, most
1: under the radar Heineken Cup finalists.
2: Yeah, exactly. They only do under like until a week ago. I genuinely forgotten they were even in the playoffs. I don't think I'm alone in that. Like, I just assumed that they were gonna. Their season was kind of gradually petering out, like it normally does, and they'd finish like a respectable fourth, qualify for the Champions Cup, and that would be that. But no, I mean, I think it's probably no, that, because they. That was
1: Edinburgh. That was the other team. That was
2: okay. <laughs> Before Saturday, I mean, they had lost both of their games of the restart and looked fucking terrible in both of them. <laughs> Let's not beat around the bush. Um, and then before the restart, they managed to lose to the Ospreys, which, I mean, come on. That's that's not league form, <laughs> will it? Like, imagine losing, not only losing to the Ospreys, but losing to the Ospreys when they didn't have a coach or a fly-off when it was during the Six Nations. And they somehow lost oh, to the Ospreys. Oh, my word. I mean... It was the only happiness I've had this season, so please don't take it away from me. But that's like losing yeah. a
1: game of chess against a drunk chimpanzee or something. That's properly yourself. <laughs> <horrendous>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I, guess, I think that. So that sort of quite short set of results. You know, the last time we saw them, they. So I think they people stopped paying Osperis. attention,
1: didn't they? Oh, well, they obviously yeah." Short, yeah. So we obviously come shit back.
2: exactly. Um, combined, obviously, with. Leinster just winning everything all the time and Munster spending fucking loads of money on Springboks and shit. That's um, kind of obscured the fact that Ulster have actually been really good this season. Like, they're in the quarterfinals of the Champions Cup. Yeah. They've uh, played really well in their pool. They beat Claremont. They, you know, excellent. They battered Munster and Connacht during the Christmas der- uh, derbies, which obviously, like, that was the last time that meaningful fucking Pro 14 rugby was really played. Um, and Do you remember that mad fifty four forty two game against Leinster before Christmas that they had as oh, well? Oh shit and hell yeah! <laughs> exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like maybe this is since isn't the as pandemic, much everything seems. seems like forever ago. Seven million years ago. They like, say the past uh, is another country. This <laughs> the past is like it's <laughs> on fucking Jupiter. At yeah, the minute. Absolutely, it is. Like I mean, I know Edinburgh were at home and they were probably marginal f- favourites given what a really good season they'd had, but like. When you look at that Ulster squad, you go, yeah, I mean, it's not surprising that they add the depth and the resilience to kind of come back and pull that one out in the end. Because, like, with the greatest respect to Simon Bergen and Pierre Schumann, like, it's a bit different to bring on Jack McGrath and Marty Moore in the last half hour (laughs) to show up scrum, isn't it? Or indeed having Albie Matheson and and Ian Madigan to bring on instead of Charlie Sheel and Nathan Chamberlain. Like that's the kind, and that was such a huge difference, you know. Mm. It it really was just proper squad depth stuff. I
1: thought Billy Burns actually played quite well, weirdly. And, He's played really well all and his, season. And his um his despite looking like Colin Meaney's love child, yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he, his his one handed running backwards covering one handed yoink interception. <laughs> was my favourite moment of the whole game. But it was like, they it were was... like 20 points, they were what, about 12 points down at that point and he went running back and they were like three on one and he suddenly managed to just yoink it one-handed as he tried to feed it past it. I was like, good on it, you, mate. It
2: was it, like, it was a, a game for unheralded players to do excellent things, I think, which is perhaps why I enjoyed it so much. You know, you had men with no knees being fucking excellent again. You know, you had, you had Ian Madigan back from the dead still with a shit haircut to do, to do Ian Madigan things. It was, yeah, it's, it was good. I really enjoyed yeah. it. It was a really enjoyable game. The one and only
1: sausage and egg McMuffin from McDonald's. With a freshly cracked free-range egg, perfectly seasoned sausage and oozing cheese. Mm, that's unreal. What she said. McDonald's. Breakfast done properly.
0: Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's
1: cancelled plans...
0: <laughs> need can to get in the kitchen and calm down.
1: ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect. That cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Do we want to talk about Farrell now?
2: (sighs) Yeah, I suppose we have to, don't we? Well, my main sort of concern with all this is that Owen Farrell's shithouse reputation, right, has has entered the post-fact world, it seems, over the last couple of days. (laughs) Because I understand why some people on social media and in the media are trying to, like, excuse or diminish or explain in Farrell's tackling technique and why it's, you know, even though it has this propensity to result in dangerous outcomes, it's not a bad thing or whatever. But when you see what, you know, that fucking tackle was horrible. (laughs) Like proper X-rated would even get sent off in rugby league territory.
1: It always comes back to rugby league, doesn't it? (laughs) <laughs> he left rugby league. Saying. He was about fourteen. You can't fucking play. That's blame the, other, rugby that's league for the
2: that. other fucking. That's the other fucking thing. he going been in you know, yeah. since he was about twelve. It's, it's, oh no, it's like a what, How many games of rugby league has Owen Farrell played in his life? <laughs> like honestly, why? Don't stop using that as an excuse. I think it's um,
1: I th- the weird thing is a lot of people are saying, "Oh, you, you shouldn't be saying he did it deliberately. It was just a bad tackle." And actually, in that, he wasn't deliberately trying to knock someone's head off. However, I I still can't understand why we're still at this point that that doesn't really matter because a technique that reckless is going to cause a problem.
2: I think that's the thing because like people, you know, there's various articles that are saying, you know, look at the stats, you know, 288 professional matches or whatever, no red cards until now, one two-week ban, six yellows for high tackles in his career, but... To take all those kind of stats in isolation is to ignore the fact, as you say, that his technique has been riding the boundaries of illegality for years and has regularly gone over it. And it's whether you
1: result in a card or not, you have to start asking yourself the question, given what we know now and what we're trying to do, you're the yeah. captain of England and shouldn't you in some way be leading? Well, I don't know. This is a question, you know it makes me reflect, shouldn't you be leading what the game's trying to achieve as a kind of leader in the game? I understand what he's doing. What, what he tends to do is, and I admire him in some ways for this, he tries to be everything a brilliant rugby player is. So not only yeah. is he a, a creative player, a 10, one of the best players in the world, he also tries to 100%. be that, the hardest fucker on the field. And on yeah. some level, he probably is. But it's, it's, it's like, there's no need to do that. And you can still be quiet, and, and because, and continuing to do that leads to this now.
2: I the think People have sort of accused it, you know, claim that it's you know, it's how he in inverted commas has to play, being you know, play, defending the ten channel, and Nobody as has he to does explain. Ever well, that's the thing. Nobody has to. And also, like, he's still six foot two. He's not a small man. And there are plenty of players in world rugby who've done just as much tackling at test and club level as Farrell and haven't got this fucking laundry list of fucking video nasty tackles on their resume. Like,
1: it reminds me, when I was a union rep, I, um, I did a group grievance against a manager who would regularly mm. shout at people in the office. And I remember making the point in the kind of written thing we put in that there is absolutely no reason to shout at somebody in an office no, there is never any reason to do it because nobody's about to have a load of molten steel poured on them, <laughs> or you know about to have a brick dropped on them. You know, there's nobody unless that's the situation. There is no yeah. need to shout at anybody for any reason. You can tell him you're not happy, and you can address the poor performance, but there's no reason to literally shout at somebody.
2: No, it's just and it's bullying and being a dickhead.
1: Yeah, and I, and I come back to there is no reason to have a technique that viciously swings an arm in an in, in an area that is bordering on too high
2: there's yeah. there's no uh, reason to do a, it and it should be a wake up call for him like he's had enough criticism and condemnation of his technique for years now you know those the famous tackles on Andre Easthouse and, and the mm. Isaac Rodder one were used as examples by world rugby a you know a year or so later of dangerous high tackles that should have been punished that weren't. And, you know, I think even, like, last year, John Mitchell admitted that he'd been working on adjusting his tackle technique because of the new laws. You know, he's aware that the way that he plays defensively and the way that he tackles is right on the fucking borderline. And to be honest with you, if he's not able to do his job as a defensive player legally, that's not anybody else's fucking problem but his. Like... If his effectiveness as a defender, as some people have claimed, is linked to this dangerous and reckless technique that is right Mm. on the borderline, then, frankly, he needs to stop fucking doing it. And if that makes him a worse defender, tough shit. Like, it's as you say, he can't be everything on... No, I don't think he will either. I just think it's a bit of macho nonsense. But I just think this should be a wake-up call for him, and this should be as you say like when you consider how much work world rugby has done on kind of trying to reduce tackle heights over the last couple of years and try to sort of remove dangerously high tackles from the game if you've got as you say the england captain and one of the most high profile and best players in the world who just constantly rides the borders a legality that's he had not it on good him for the
1: actually when you watch the game yeah. A lot of his tackles were—they weren't as bad as that. I mean, that's a fucking no. once. that's—I <laughs> mean, it really this, was a fucking horrific the, tackle. This is the
2: flash. This is the flash point of, you know, the, uh, everything going wrong in terms of his tackle technique and having a horrendous result. Now, that should be—people are lining up to say, "Well, it's just you know one in a, a two hundred eighty-eight or whatever chance."
1: That's just luck, though. But,
2: But that's just fucking blind luck that that hasn't happened before because of the way that he's tackling. And he just needs to change it. He just needs to start tackling like everybody else has learned to tackle.
1: He's a perfect example of the paradigm shift that they want, isn't he? You can disagree with that and say, well, actually, I think it ruins rugby and all that. And okay, that's a point you can make. But it doesn't change the fact that they've all in the game, that's what the game is now and that's what we're trying to achieve. Having said that, it didn't. It doesn't get the award for worst tackle of the week, though, does it? Because the worst tackle of the week was that lad in the NRL. <laughs> and in <laughs> fact, I don't I really know, call that, that was, a tackle,
2: can you? That's just assault. <laughs> I, just I don't you ever seen this
1: one, there, But basically, he ran probably, well, it's the NRL, so he ran from 10 metres away mm. and, and and just torpedoed his shoulder into
2: a bloke's head. Yeah, it was absolutely horrendous.
1: And in typical Australian rugby league fashion, everyone was saying, I can't believe he's being sent off for this. Sent off for that?
2: Yeah. All all, all he did was use his shoulder as a sort of guided missile directly (laughs) into his face. Uh, Yeah, I think from a rugby union point of view, that, you know, it's probably the worst tackle of the season. Actually, no, thinking about it. Remember that. Although well, not the most obvious red card of the season. Remember that Wasps guy who kicked that other guy in the face <laughs> right back at the start of the season. That's the most obvious red card, but this is probably the most obvious high tackle red card, perhaps. Um but yeah, it should it really you know, I'm sure he's obviously gonna get banned. I think when I mean he's having his virtual tea and biscuits as we record. So oh, is um it? you will probably know listeners what the ban is before. It's a minimum six time.
1: weeks of contact to the head anyway, isn't it? Uh, but it, it should be. Yeah, but he, he's got,
2: he's because he's only had one ban before. And as you know, as he's very sorry about it, it'll be reduced to three. I reckon he's going to get, he'll be gone for the rest of the domestic season. And then he'll be back in time for England, which a lot of people will be rightly very angry about. But the reality is, I think that's the, probably the letter of the law.
1: Uh Interjection slightly, uh, 53 minutes gone, at Ashton Gate it's still Bristol 21, Northampton 3. Northampton are playing in that sort of industrial Soviet depression era grey kit. Oh, I despise
2: that kit. It's horrible. It looks like, you know in like a a computer game where something hasn't loaded properly, like a texture hasn't loaded properly and you're just seeing the weird wireframe underneath. That mixture (laughs) of grey and green, just, uh, yeah... But
1: it's, I think the Northampton team is... No, it's not... Horrendous. It's a pretty it's, inexperienced it's pretty Northampton inexperienced team, particularly. It? Yes. It's, uh, yeah. And the bench Although, particular. by all accounts,
2: they've been they've been knocking on the door since the half-hour mark, but Bristol just keep turning them over. So.
1: Fair yeah. dues. Wasp Leicester tomorrow is on BT, in case you're
2: wondering. Yeah, exciting stuff. The latest stop I... on
1: Leicester, Leicester's comedy tour continues.
2: Indeed. I tell you what. Speaking of fucking weird midweek games, uh, I've learned this week that a lot of rugby fans don't really give a fuck about player welfare. Um, really? <laughs> Joe Marler, uh, obviously the latest player to have the Twitter hordes come at him this week for suggesting quite reasonably um, at a point where I think I don't know if you watched, you noticed this on the weekend, but a lot of players in the Premiership are beginning to look visibly spent now. Mm. They, everyone looks knackered. Um, And he he quite rightly said that nine games in seven weeks is probably a shit idea. Um, And I think most of us would probably say for a variety of reasons that this is absolutely the case. But it was notable how many people were queuing up to tell him that for what he gets paid, he should shut up and play or retire or whatever, which is very familiar to what people have been saying about Dylan Hartley and James Haskell in recent weeks for sort of piping up about the way that rugby treats players in terms of, their bodies and their long-term health. And and I get it. You know, like, some people really get a B in their bonnet about players being paid, you know, six-figure salaries to play a kid's game, you Hmm. know, complaining about it. But, A, nobody tells the highest-paid fucking city brokers or chief executives or solicitors that they're not allowed to have an opinion about their fucking workplace. And, B... They're not talking about themselves. They're talking about some fucking guy who earns the same as a supermarket manager who's playing fucking 30 games a season and is likely to be done with his career before he's 30. I just think like, if you can't have that little bit of empathy with, with you know, okay, yeah, somebody like Dylan Hartley or James Haskell or I can't believe I'm defending James Haskell. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, or Joe Marler. I've I haven't seen him. A I read
1: what Haskell said and it, 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 it you know... You know, know, well, they made, whether you agree with it made a give, lot of money out of their
2: career and fair given, enough he's
1: given an honest reflection of what it was like and I don't think yeah. he said he would
2: he, he wouldn't I do it wouldn't again. lot not change
1: their career would they it's just just no. saying that,
2: yeah. and I think that they'd maybe just like it to be better you know better for the people that come after them than it was for them which I don't think is unreasonable and I think that's kind of how we'd all want our particular employment surely to be whatever we do you know we'd like the next generation to not to be in a bit more than us and to maybe not be fucking flogged quite as badly
1: yeah i mean they've got no fucking chance of that because they're all going to work oh, none whatsoever. They're all to work so they're no. about 92 and have absolutely no workers rights probably but you know yeah, yeah, yeah. onward into a and, and obviously work <laughs> on their own and be socially isolated
2: yeah yeah and everyone's an independent contractor chin up everyone can't wait can't wait <laughs> Anything else on the
1: weekend before we go
2: into the uh, shit gods? Oh, let me... Uh, uh, no, I think I'm pretty much done. Yeah, Farrell. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's pretty much... There was a good North and South game. I enjoyed that, but it was pointless.
1: It's, a, it's, it's not pointless... Because it is yet more evidence of why the All-Star, the international All-Stars win. That is very true. We can point to that now when we put our uh, position paper to World yeah. Rugby next year. It's,
2: it's proof that if you put a team you know, of to- who've never played together before, two teams who've never played together before, with the right coaching and the right sort of... Jardinier. That thing. That my, <laughs> my, 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 my bro- the my right jardiniere. 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 Yeah. Then... You can have a really entertaining game. Ta-da. Fucking, I, I should be trademark this.
1: I'm telling you something. If somebody picks this up, I'm sick of being shot on. And if somebody yeah. picks this up and <laughs> makes a go of it, I'm going to be fucking fuming.
2: <laughs> Do you know that thing where you like have to, if you want to sort of copyright an idea, you can mail it to yourself in a sealed envelope or whatever? I
1: didn't know that, but I'm intrigued. <laughs>
2: Apparently, apparently, if you've got an idea for a thing, if you do, if it's cheaper, if you don't want to sort of take you to the trademark office, what you can do is you can post that idea to yourself in a sealed envelope, and that counts. Wow, might bollocks. Sounds like That's an that to me. It does a bit, but that does that apply like the, to pod- you know,
1: policeman can't arrest you if he has got his helmet on? Type story.
2: <laughs> does that apply to podcasts? You know, we said this months ago. We've got evidence of when it was published on. On Apple. It doesn't
1: matter. If the bottom line is, if somebody does actually make a go of it and they've got loads of money, as the oh, Winklevoss yeah. twins showed with Facebook, you just make enough of a noise <laughs> and they'll pay you off.
2: But I'm happy, to, mate. I'm fucking happy to be paid off. Oh, absolutely. Don't get me Man,
1: wrong. Actually, we had this idea. As you can see, it's, it's been mentioned yeah. at least thirty-seven times. <laughs>
2: <laughs> pay up or fuck off. Yeah. I
1: know we said it was a stupid idea that nobody would do at the time but that doesn't <laughs> matter.
2: I don't Last thing uh, now with a month or so's worth of of hindsight I'm increasingly convinced this is the greatest idea I've ever had. So yeah, pay pay me. Fuck you, pay me.
1: It's true, and let's not forget. That one of your ideas was to wear vests a lot, which is and what an idea that was. So <laughs> hey, this is better it's, than it's that been idea. The soundtrack.
2: It's, it's been the heartbeat of my summer. So you know, I'm very sad that vest season is ending. Before
1: we came on earlier, we were talking about baseball merch. Mm-hmm. There's there's some there's some proper good men's be- vests in the in the Fanatics website for baseball.
2: Oh, you don't even tempt me.
1: And they're not, and it's It'd actually the off. proper vests as well. You know, they're not singlets, which is for me. I still think it's a sleeveless t-shirt. You're
2: you're on the borderline with those, aren't you? I am.
1: But these are proper vests in that the strap is narrower than the shoulder. You with me? Yeah.
2: They're they're proper sort of muscly vests, aren't they? Fantastic. Which I think me
1: and you would look fucking belting in.
2: Oh, absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt. You'd look great on a
1: podcast today.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Because I I was bored yesterday, uh, I ended up uh, just apropos of nothing, just buying some merch from the Toulouse a online store. Because we all know was... why you did that. Well, yeah, because you were cause... drunk
1: with excitement about that try they scored.
2: Yeah, basically, uh, and they 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 had a sale on last season stuff on, and it, I honestly it took me a ridiculous amount of restraint to not buy a Toulouse vest to go with the Toulouse hoodie that I bought.
1: Yeah, I think I think the wife drawn. She's made her feelings clear
2: on this, hasn't she? Now? I think she has to be fair, like. <laughs> I accepted probably... it because you were ill. <laughs> It's gone too far now. <laughs> no, it's gone far too far. <laughs> uh, uh, shall we do shit good then?
1: Let's do shit good, shall we? First of all, in yeah. shit, can we just can we just pause for a second to consider France's Rugby World Cup ambitions for the tournament? Yeah. Which are, and I quote, that they will have the biggest ever positive impact on rugby, society, and the planet?
2: <laughs> it's good that they've gone on with something achievable. <laughs> and they've That's put so a hashtag so, yeah.
1: three years to go. As if they reminded themselves of how yeah. difficult a challenge oh, th- that is.
2: <laughs> yeah. Three years to go, during which time, to be honest with you, we'd all just be glad if any fans are allowed to go.
1: It also says join, hashtag join the family, which makes it sound... And given that ambition and that, it makes it sound like a kind of Jonestown cult.
2: I was going to say, there, there's a bit of a Kool-Aid vibe there, isn't there? There is, isn't
1: there? <laughs> Come join the family. We'll have the biggest positive impact on rugby society and the planet. Hey, do you think maybe um, Jungle Joe's written this?
2: Maybe. Uh, I follow him on Instagram
1: now. Do you, do you follow Joe Van Dijkuk <laughs> on Instagram now? I do. I don't. I can't get enough that... of it.
2: I feel like if... France really want to hit this thing into the into the next level, though. They've got to bring on Joe as a spiritual advisor to the whole thing. Because if they want to have a positive impact on the world, then what better way to do so than to all go to a little retreat in Costa Rica and, you know, drink some strange tea and have a great time.
1: For a man who just wants to be at one with his self and, and, and the earth, he does now yes. put a lot of fucking videos up of him doing press-ups with no top on. <laughs>
2: Look, he's got an audience, all right? And that audience has certain expectations of him now. And, you know, if he wants to post a a thirst trap or two, who can blame him? Look at him, he's a very handsome man. And he's
1: forever shilling for some dodgy companies. (laughs) Selling some plant-based fucking bollocks
2: that are meant to make you healthy or something. Yeah, I mean, that's less less endearing, isn't it? Who doesn't need... Uh, has he, has he well, started, shilling, C- has he started shilling CBD supplements yet? Or not, is, he the last started, remaining, is he the last remaining pro or former rugby player to not get a fucking CBD shilling?
1: I have to, I was, somebody was telling me about CBD recently, because I had quite worked out that obviously you, you can separate the CBD, which is the non-psychoactive bit, can't you? And that's what helps mm. with pain and stuff. And then there's the other, the, is it the THC is the psychoactive yes. bit? Yes. And that's what's legal in California, isn't it?
2: Uh, I mean, everything's fucking legal in California, mate. It's a great but time.
1: This person, mate of was telling me, it's like going in... Because they're all on vape. It's not like a vape or edible thing. And it's like yeah. going into a fucking Apple shop, basically. You're like going in and the guy advises you about what it is you're looking for and <laughs> stuff like that,
2: which is... Honestly, uh, you know, I don't wish to... Actually, I don't want to say I don't wish to incriminate myself. It's totally fucking legal over there. Do what I want. Um, yeah, Colleagues of mine... Um, got an app there's an app you can get in california uh and it's sort of like deliveroo or whatever <laughs> but for weed and they will just and you you know there's a nice list of all the things and they'll tell you whatever you know what the kind of high is like and what kind of this and that and they'll and then you you, you just press buy you buy it through paypal or apple pay or whatever you want and then you they deliver it to your hotel and, and not run
1: by gangsters, I guess. so That's probably a boon. No, it's yeah.
2: just run by nerds, hippie nerds. You grow it up in the hills, and it's just it's it's a, such a weird sketch because everyone's smoking it all. You know how like when I, how I imagine after the prohibition was, where I assume everyone was drunk all the time, <laughs> like like Blackpool, basically. Yeah, like. L.A. Uh, in particular, but California in general, since they legalized weed, whatever it is, two or three years ago now, just everyone's gone far too far the other way. Well, I was like, in
1: Colorado where it's been legal there. I think they were one of the first ones to make it legal. Yeah, Colorado. they were. And, it was, and, and what you noticed was as you were driving down like the bypass outside town, it looked like a half-built shed, which was like a, a
2: weed pharmacy, if one's a better term. Mm.
1: But I didn't get a sense that everybody was smashing into it in the middle of Denver or anything. There was none of that going on.
2: No, I think Denver's had enough time to calm down, whereas California (laughs) is definitely still in the the novelty. Exactly, the novelty of, oh, my God, we can smoke it and we can't get arrested. Um, Because everyone is doing it all the time everywhere, which does make LA probably a lot more of a relaxed place than I imagine it used to be.
1: 24-hour garages are doing a fucking killing on crisps.
2: (laughs) Damn right they are. Uh, but yeah, but CBD is legal in Britain now, isn't it? That's why every rugby player in the world is claiming that they're using CBD creams and oils to. It's the new sort coffee for eggs. rugby players' businesses, is, isn't it?
1: Because is, all they basically they can't drink and they're always in pain. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah,
2: so what do you do? <laughs> Bit of CBD, lads.
1: Yeah, so there Who's you go. The, who so who are the Saracens biggest positive is you've got on? a
2: CBD oil business.
1: It's um, oh, they were on um. Oh, what's his
2: name? It's, it's Oh, it's George Cruz and Dom Day. Dom Day. That's yeah. A, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mad. Anyway.
1: Yeah, so there you go. Good luck with that, France. Mm. Completely achievable, I think, obviously. I'd mm-hmm. love to see what metrics they've got underneath that. So what are the KPIs you're working towards <laughs> to see if that outcome is delivered?
2: Uh, I'll tell you what, shit from my point of view. New Zealand have named an all-black squad, right? Mm. And they got nobody to play.
1: Is that because they've got to get them on a contract? I'm guessing, but yeah, but it does just, just make it, it brings into sharp relief the pointlessness of yeah, the international it's like, competition.
2: Spare, yeah, spare a short a thought for the six New All Black caps who now have to go and play the NPC, while New Zealand <laughs> <laughs> are basically just sitting and twiddling their thumbs, waiting to see if they can find anybody that can come and play them in the near future. I mean, like can you imagine one of these lads that's been named in the squad this week? Imagine if they get injured playing MPC and then they never make an all black squad again.
1: Oh, the Phil Dolman problem. Imagine if they do a Dolman. But Hard with breaking. the
2: All Blacks. So much. But worse. with the
1: All Blacks, it's just somehow worse. <laughs> Not summer fixtures with Wales, yeah. The um Do they still have to go through that massive, like incredibly portentous and in overblown, like, you know, I'm an all black now? Like
2: Yeah. Thing, I ask. would imagine so. Yeah, they have like to where basically give seven. you the
1: shirt and go, "Do you know what this shirt means? And if you disrespect this shirt, you'll you'll basically immolate."
2: <laughs> well, what it's basically like is it's a sort of Orgy and Stables thing, but with sweeping out changing rooms. You just have to sweep out 7,000 changing rooms and then you get given your old black shit.
1: And that's what they do in a squad get-together. It's just a whole big big wall of teams with people sweeping up. <laughs> sweeping up the neighbours' houses to show how down with the values that they are.
2: The more humble you are, the smaller the broom you have, just to show, you know.
1: Aaron, why are you not sweeping on your screen? Aaron, what's that knocking coming from the toilet? <laughs> For fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yeah, that is shit, you're right. What else have we got here? Shit. Sam Ashworth says that shit is Owen Farrell using his arms now in a very specific and limited (laughs) way. Very very
2: specific way. Without
1: the ball. He's quite good with them with the ball. Um, Mm. Stumpy gets in touch and says that shit is the crowd noise during Premiership games shown on BT Sport Extra.
2: I haven't noticed that myself. I would rather there's no
1: crowd noise. It's so atrocious. Yeah, I imagine they're not investing... Or they've got one bloke running all three crowd noises on those red button games.
2: Yeah, they obviously put a lot of they put a lot of time and effort into the one that goes out on the main channel, but I think there's just a bloke with a fucking slider on the others. <laughs>
1: like George Whoa. Martin, tomorrow never knows. Yep. Exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but obviously, really shit. But, not <laughs> but much, much worse at his job than it. Uh, I don't know if you believe George Martin. He basically wrote a fucking white album, mate. So. Yeah um shit for me Milani Nani right yeah was the fullback just yeah. gets back from his red card tackle in week 1 right <laughs> uh, and then so, fair play to him managed to get away without any further sanction but went straight in there and basically took semi rodrado's head off um and pat lam was quite aggrieved that he didn't get banned for it but seriously you've just been come back from a ban for taking someone's head off with a bad tackle and then your first game back, you basically do the same thing but get away with it. I think he might have a bit of an issue here. <laughs> Semi- oh, <in> Semi- Owen Farrell is not Redrar's the only problem.
1: very angular.
2: It is very angular. Even he's his beard like, is angular. He's got a bit of a sort of Easter Island statue vibe to his head, I think. It's very angular and sort of... Like, and then the beard's cut square at the bottom. Yeah. I mean, he's an incredibly handsome man. Oh, he's, oh like, yeah. Remarkable. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. But it's... it's it, He's, it's a head, and the way that he runs is so unbelievably upright. I don't think I've ever seen a player Ruby run quite. You. Yeah, it is it definitely. Actually, I don't think I've ever seen a player run. Run straight, you run, straight, such, you run sort of,
1: hard. You get your knees up as high as you can. That's <laughs> rugby leg. <league. laughs>
2: it's basically. It's like there's, and he runs. He's such a balanced runner. It really is just like his legs are moving, and everything above his waist is just dead fucking bored straight. Did you go, monier ran and, like that? Yeah, he is did. He ca-
1: it's like, the, it's, a, it's, being, it's like being coached. That's what sprints are coached by, isn't mm. it? Keep his top line still, you know?
2: Yeah, his top line is absolutely wonderful. To be honest with you, everything he does The is greatest wonderful. difference
1: between top line and bottom performance, bottom half performance, if you know what I mean, is, is yeah. Liam Williams. I was going to say, that you were going to say Liam Williams. <laughs> <laughs> top half, beautiful. Bottom half. Bottom
2: half. It's like a fucking Rube Goldberg machine gun. Like down a giraffe
1: there. in a blender. <laughs>
2: Uh, Where um, was it anyway? Other shit. Know.
1: We've got Patrick here. He says, Shit, hello Patrick. He says, Shit is a WRU regional rugby doing their own not very funny version of Groundhog Day over the issue of whether to fund professional teams properly or not.
2: Fuck me. This thing. Like, Just before we get the... into
1: that, I don't think Groundhog Day is funny. This is my. I, 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 I don't <sighs> think it's a very good film. And I didn't laugh at it.
2: I don't think it's as good as people think it is. I think it is a good film. But, Did I tell you about I when mean, I got
1: in trouble at the Guardian for using the Groundhog Day
2: metaphor? Oh God, no! Why?
1: You know you forget that you're in, you're not doing things to your normal audience. Oh yes. So Ireland in the World Cup who we were getting mulled in the quarter final, obviously.
2: <laughs> Take your pick of which one, but yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I said that Ireland's attack is now like Groundhog Day.
2: mm Hmm
1: not very funny and with an unconvincing female lead <laughs> And what i meant was is that it was an unconvincing female lead because um his name has completely escaped me he now plays the monster who's injured outside half uh
2: yeah that guy yeah
1: his name has completely escaped me that's terrible now
2: that you said it uh i can see his face on my and brain everything as well me too i guess he came this from is terrible. very good player yeah Uh, uh, Anyway, him. Joey fucking Carberry. Joey Carberry. Jesus Christ. You know what? In
1: my head, I knew there's only one R in Carberry, and that's all I could see in my head. (laughs) There's one R, not two. That's really weird. Anyway, what I meant to be saying was, it's an unconvincing female lead because he's not a woman. Yeah. Is the intent of what I was saying. But everyone thought I was saying that he was a woman. And this is The Guardian. So gender, they ba- oh, so thought it was a gender-based insult. So I got dozens of emails within a minute of posting it about how <sighs> disgraceful it was the Guardian would let someone like that be published. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, yeah. Welcome oh. to the fucking NFL.
2: I mean... I'm not going to say anything about the Guardian's track record of covering trans sports issues. I'm but just going to leave just, that there. Just,
1: I mean, you know, But you know that <laughs> thing, and it, it does. It yeah. teaches you something about intent and how it's received. I had to Absolutely. reflect and go, actually, yeah, I could see how they could see I could it see like that. could de- yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And of course, if I'd done that on Twitter, everyone would know that that's not what the kind of thing... Yeah. I say, or I think. Or,
2: and somebody would probably have gone, did you mean it like that? And you'd have gone, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, no. no,
1: sorry. But, yeah, no, it yeah. was a, a full-on <laughs> rant I got from it. Anyway. Anyway, so yeah. Anyway, so, anyway. So, back to WRU.
2: Yeah, The way they've decided that the way that they're going to deal with the whole massive COVID-related funding shortfall uh, for the professional game is to make the regions take out massive bank loans so that they're in, lumbered with crippling debt for the next five years, uh, if they even last that long. Which... It's so trans. I, I don't know why I'm surprised that the union's first you know, the joke instinct. Of that is, is, what
1: the WRU? No, you finish your point because you might say it about loans. Come
2: well, on. Last thing, yeah, I mean the WRU ha- was previously leveraged up his, uh, the, <laughs> its own ass to pay for the stadium, and then basically has spunked most of the money that could have been going and making the regions competitive for the last decade on early paying off of the stadium debt for absolutely no reason whatsoever um, and now Kel surprise, the union's first instinct in this situation is to create a scenario where the regions are placed into an even more financially precarious position thus making the odds that they'll all go bankrupt inside a few years and they can take control of them even stronger just never let it be said that the union and not to mention club rugby dinosaurs who still control far too much of the game in Wales can't exploit the catastrophe unity because fuck me they can
1: yeah, I was going to make the point you just made, which yeah. is that at the time when there was a record low interest on debt that the yep. WIU could have carried to fund the the Absolutely. pathway, for want of a better term, um, they decided or just to just left it sitting
2: Or just left let it sit in a bank account while they were bringing in record fucking revenue and record yep. profits. They could have just put it in a bank account and saved it for a rainy day. And instead, they paid off a bank they didn't need to pay off. Um, and... It's whilst rugby is so stupid. Josh, you must stupid.
1: fix the roof while the sun is shining. <laughs> what says you must do. People that you don't want to listen to. <laughs>
2: you fi- but that's not so much fixing the roof as it is paying off the mortgage while there's a fucking massive sinkhole on D- your drive.
1: But you know what the. <laughs> Do you know what's even better? The, the more important point is: stop using metaphors about your tiny house and its income for giant macroeconomic <laughs> <was funny>. problems. <laughs> and I don't mean obviously, you are not macroeconomic, but it's the number of people who put their hands up on Question Time and say things like that. You know, if it I've got two. Members, when Yanis Varoufakis was on, he absolutely fucking skewered a guy who made that point <laughs> and said that actually there's no difference if you something about if you don't spend money out of your house you don't get any, anything coming in, whereas actually you do as a, Anyway, I can't do it justice. But Varoufakis absolutely fucking skewered him about how it's completely different and stop using <laughs> that stupid fucking metaphor. Uh,
2: honestly, it's... Uh, I, I f- find myself struggling to really come up with new ways to be disappointed and despairing with whilst rugby... So I'll just go. Eh. <laughs> yes.
1: I suppose if you're going to explore it, though, this is a house trick, right? And oh, yeah. there's no two ways about it. But if you look oh, at yeah. if the end game that you expect comes and the WRU do actually run every club, is that a more viable model?
2: It probably is. But can it have enough that...
1: funding to make them competitive? Well, that's the thing.
2: It probably is if... Somebody in the WIU has the political power and will to smash the power of the clubs. who Smash one of the
1: five entities to make it four entities, basically.
2: Ultimately, the fucking 130-odd dinosaurs that are still in charge of club rugby in Wales still think that every penny that comes into the union is their money. And a big part of the reason that there's only fucking 2 million in the coffers instead of 20 million this year for... The regions why they need to take out these massive bank loans themselves is because there's 13 million quid ring fenced for the fucking community game which i agree with funding the community game but i kind of feel like there could have been in these circumstances a little bit of give and take and they'd have gone you know what (laughs) without professional rugby we will not exist so maybe we all agree to take a little bit of a cut from our little bits and try and get through this together, but instead they've gone, no, we want the thirteen million and that's left the regions with two and a half million quid to play with between them.
1: I mean who doesn't want a glorious future of having Uruguay's club rugby model?
2: Yeah, yeah, indeed. It's 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 remarkably short sighted, which is exactly what I expect from the game in Wales.
1: Uh, what else have we got here Alex gets in touch he says shit is BT Sports continuous good on them for turning up even though they're relegated fawning over Saracens whenever they play well
2: oh god I'm so bored of it like yes they're trying to prove also they've got a European fucking quarter final in a couple of weeks why are you surprised that they're still trying to fucking keep in good form when having a hit out also they're trying to prove a fucking point as they go down
1: I think they should prefix everything with disgraced club yeah, Next week, agree. we've got Harlequins versus Disgraced Club Saracens.
2: <laughs> In the same way that, the, that certain rugby websites, rugby pass, um, <laughs> have decided to sort of add weird kind of qualifiers to the names of prominent rugby personalities, such as Friend of the Pod, uh, Robbie Squidge Rugby. But also I've noticed uh, Ellis Genge has got one of those this week, uh, which, I, I mean... Oh, come on. oh, that's outspoken Ellis Genge is what, uh, <laughs> what they started. Outspoken player welfare advocate Ellis Genge to step... <laughs> this is a genu- genuine fucking headline on Rugby Pass. Outspoken player welfare advocate Ellis Genge to skip a Le- Leicester for the first time. <laughs> what the fuck, man?
1: Would you let that go past your office, mate?
2: No, I go what I go. What part of that f- the first half of that sentence is relevant to the second? Half? Like headline writing one oh one. Unless you, unless you're trying to imply some sort of shit house thing, it's it's just what, like...
1: occasional wearer of coats with glasses in the hood. <laughs> Ellis Gens the caption.
2: <laughs> Real ale drinker Ellis Gens just get the last of it. It is
0: what. <sighs>
2: <laughs> Disliker do of Love else.
1: Island, Ellis Gens to Captain.
2: <laughs> and that's the thing they don't—they don't do it with anybody else. They've done it with Ellis Genge because he's had the temerity to stick his fucking head above the parapet, and so he's made himself a bit of a fucking <laughs> polarizing. Down, down
1: you go. So Ellis Gend is going to capture Lester, who outspoken <laughs> outspoken player advocate Ellis Genge. Oh yes, yeah, sorry, that Ellis <laughs> Gens, Yeah, I didn't
2: know who you meant. They don't even say like disgraced bitey ball fondler Joe Marler. They just call him Joe Marler. You know, what's Ellis Gens done to deserve this?
1: Pre- previously racist Joe Marler. <laughs> <laughs> Speaks out again. Oh, anyway, where am I now? Colin McBride God says, goodness. shit was Leinster versus Munster. What a dire match of rugby, whereby one team decided there's anything to be said for the box kick, etc. Yes, Colin.
2: Hmm.
1: Rose gets in touch and says the stadium announcer at Murrayfield. And this is happening everywhere. Putting on the full set list and overly dramatic announcements to an empty stadium.
2: Honestly, stop it, everybody. Stop it.
1: Because <laughs> I, obviously I don't do the pre-match build-up, but when you turn it on just before kickoff, and as they're walking up until you do get a and gentlemen, please welcome Bristol. <laughs> and I'm going to start doing that with my own Sonos system because because I'm because I've got <laughs> I've got Sonos speakers in empty in the room, and I can do it with my yeah. phone. I'm yeah. going to record myself, announcing A playlist myself coming as you in. walk through the to house. An, an, Why an, not? In yeah. an empty room. <laughs> Please welcome to the empty kitchen, Lee Calvert, who lives in this house.
2: <laughs> but there are actually people here to hear it with you, whereas there's nobody there. <laughs> I'm going to do, do it when nobody's in. Oh, okay, right, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so that is quite funny. Gordon White gets into it, so linked to that says shit is being an Edinburgh fan.
2: Yeah. I mean I I really did feel like it was maybe their year uh, to at least make a final.
1: Speaking of shit, um it's now forty seven ten to Bristol.
2: Uh yes it is, and they have just scored what uh is being described as one of the tries of the season, which I'm currently watching and oh semi, you bad man. <laughs> oh oh there's just i mean this is pornographic talk us through it uh there's just a lot of uh get the ball inside their own 22 an awful lot of changing hands a lot of inside offloads a lot of outside offloads probably goes through about 10 people before piers o'connor just streaks in from the halfway line it's lovely i've not described it very well but it's lovely this is why we don't do commentaries i was going to say this is why i was a shit commentator
1: uh linked to that, we're moving on to good now. And linked to mm. that, Patricia and a few others sent in that good was that batshit to lose try. <laughs>
2: oh my god, That that's Started right, with it Tom so Aramos throwing man. a no
1: look through the legs pass in his own goal area. And let's just not forget, we mustn't forget everything. When they were down to thirteen men at the time.
2: <laughs> that's the best part is the fact that they they to do that in that situation is just that's what I want this is that's why I'm a proud to lose hoodie owner, you know, <laughs> but not <a> vest <laughs> but not a vest no
1: yes, it was absolutely wonderful, beautiful oh, soft from Zitoun as well. And I looked into I looked into because he's one of those puzzling ones. You're like, where's he been? And he's 31
2: years old now. <laughs> he's a lot older than you think. He's one of those players that just hasn't ever really caught on.
1: And you look at his test record, and he seems to be selected exclusively to play in pre World Cup warm up games <laughs> in 2015. But then in 2019, him. then he played in like the the shit games in 2019. So I got in touch with Paul Edison, who's who's great on Twitter. Who's the French based rugby journalist. Mm. I said, "What's the score with him?" And he said, "Well, basically, came out of nowhere in 2015 at the age of what I didn't realise now is at the age of 26."
2: Yeah, he was old when he started
1: as a winger, and then had some injuries and lost form, and then ra- then rushed back in um, this year at the age last year sorry at the age of 30, but couldn't quite nudge Tower out of the 13 shirt. But he's 31 now, so I think that'll be the end of that.
2: Yeah, probably will. But you know, as long as he keeps doing nice stuff like that. And also, how absolute? as soon as you got, uh, as soon as your man, DuPont, mm. got the oh. ball, how confident were you he was going to score that? Yes, like, like Mighty
1: <laughs> just, Mouse
2: from Rage. He, he had like, he still had like two people to beat, but it was just like, well, he's definitely scoring this, absolutely, positively, no doubt, in my mind. It was, uh, yeah, genuinely one of the tries of the season, one of the tries of ever.
1: Are you got any good there?
2: Uh good. I, the immense pettiness of whoever's running Leicester's Twitter account, who referred <laughs> <Yeah>. to Manitouilagi <laughs> as the sale outside centre during their cons on the weekend. I live for that shit. Be as yeah. petty as you like, lads.
1: Petty with a nice hint of sass. We like it. Mm-hmm. Neil Webber gets in touch. He says that God is Bristol. Even when they're when they're not playing their seconds, their team is mesmerising. Yeah, as, I mean, just as, as they're
2: as they're demonstrating tonight by putting forty-seven points on Northampton and doing so in, fact, frankly, comically silly offloading style.
1: And then he also says Neil also says that good is Wayne Barnes. He's just good, isn't he? Like a comfort Indeed. blanket of decent decision making.
2: He uh, he definitely is 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 preparing himself for his retirement though because he joined Twitter tonight.
1: Yes, he did, and his wife immediately started taking the piss out of him, which, which I think is great. Absolutely, yeah. Did you see him last week though? When he when when was it? Wasps went to their hooker and said, no, said to their proper said. Can they, they said can he play hooker? Wayne Barnes said, didn't he? And they went, oh yeah, yeah, he can <laughs> yeah. play hooker, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he came and he was like, oh, can you play hooker? He was like, I, th- I feel like I might be able to. Or somebody said then he said, so, well, can you? No, <laughs> no, actually, no. <laughs> but actually, what a shit house trip that is, though. Genuinely from the Wasp, I mean you have yeah, to hope that this genuinely guy this guy thought- played Tucker? You yeah. hoped he genuinely thought he could. Because they were just saying <laughs> that for no reason. That you know that is really bad.
2: It is shit it's it's not nice, is it? I also enjoy that Wayne Barnes coming back onto Twitter tonight claimed that he's back on Twitter after fifteen years, which I don't think Twitter's fifteen years old.
1: I know that I joined in two thousand and eight, I think, and that was when oh, I it was joined, just about uh, taking off, I think.
2: I joined in 2000. Okay, so it was founded in March 2006, which was 14 years ago. So You're I mean, it all, unless all unless he mind. was lit unless he was literally one of the very first people unless he invented Twitter, he's and not he hasn't been 2015 years, I'll be honest. No, no. Good lawyer. I don't see him as a tech entrepreneur. <laughs> but maybe I'm wrong. Who's to
1: say? Well, according to his wife, he can't even drive the remotes properly on the telly. So, <laughs> Adam Rees gets in touch, friend of the pod. He says, "Good is a North and Sat Versus South game, proving that Josh's origin game idea could save rugby.
2: Could too We've already it established this do. numerous yeah. times.
1: Also, good. Sean says, "Good is Ian Madigan Saturday. Is Saturday? Mm. T- he had loads of writing on his list." On his wrist,
2: you see that? He had so much writing on his it's wrist. It's like he had,
1: his, he had his to-do list written on his wrist, which simply said, like, pick up laundry, style hair, kick match-winning penalty, final millet, polish balls of steel,
2: probably. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's it, I, was, I'm, I, 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 I assume it was sort of... Play, you know, he's relatively new to the team. He probably still doesn't really know all of the calls. So <laughs> it was probably a little wrist coach thing like they have in the NFL. But fuck me, there was a lot of writing there. It was. It was a little essay.
1: It, was, yes. it wasn't just like what would Jesus do, is it?
2: Or it no, fuck no. Or a cross, you know. It looked like or you, like or mum.
1: It looked like Mark's Gospel was written on there. If it was a Jesus-related <laughs> thing,
2: it's basically a dead mega Dead Sea Scrolls vibe. <laughs>
1: Shortest Gospel, Mark's Gospel. Just so mm-hmm. you know, in case anybody's wondering, That's why it might fit on his arm. John's wouldn't. Yeah. Not a chance.
2: Hey. No. Uh, overly verbose fucker that guy
1: <laughs> <laughs> wasn't John the one that was written hundred years after Jesus died which does raise some questions <laughs> I
2: mean well, let's not get into that let's next. not get into that no, no. we've we upset enough people on this podcast
1: um, Cy Clark says that glorious is the look of disdain hurled by Hamish Watson at Blair Kinghorn when he let in Rob Little for Ulster's try
2: <laughs> poor Blair I rightly so. to be I fair want,
1: I want Blair Kinghorn to be so much better
2: He's such a talented. He's not a bad lad.
1: player. So that sounds like I'm saying he's not. He's not. He plays well. I just. I don't know something about him makes me think he should be better. Which is a ridiculous thing to say. He's a
2: he's a hugely talented lad, but he's not quite coming on as quickly as I expected him to.
1: No, how old is he now? Twenty
2: three. Smart. Yeah, he's just like his third season or fourth season in top flight like rugby. Give it. I like, give him time. He's got time.
1: Speaking to people who've had time. Matt Merritt says God is Augustine Creevy. <laughs> 35 yeah. years old and still gives it his all every single game. It was noticeable at the weekend that London Irish lost impetus when him and Blair Cowan left the field. Blair Cowan. Big he, he was Still I'm going. Sure, Somehow
2: still going. Yep. Still got the same air looks knackered.
1: Yeah, like all does. the time I don't mean because he's run himself out he just looks like a tired man
2: <laughs> that's because he spent most of the last four years on planes <laughs> he's literally no
1: <laughs> idea what year or day it is no. anymore
2: he's got permanent jet lag <laughs> he still thinks it's Tuesday
1: the 13th of March 2007
2: <laughs> basically um, quick score update for the listeners who will have already known this uh, full time in Bristol Northampton 47-10 was the final score uh, so since uh, Owen Farrell went into his little disciplinary hearing, uh, Bristol scored seven tries. So,
1: what a night for Northampton! Eh?
2: It's not good, is it? This is the—I mean, we discussed this last week, but this is the problem with all these fucking midweek yes. games. It's too—it's just shit. I don't it's, want to see this every week.
1: This is why it's better just to wait for him to post the good tries on on Twitter. Because mm-hmm. if you sit through I'll it, watch it's this. a bit too depressing. Yeah. It's like a really unentertaining version of the Harlem Globetrotters. It is on, it's, because the other team are not in on the no,
2: joke. It's thing nobody's in on the joke. It's just. <laughs> uh, it's
1: just. Last it's couple good, of God goods voice. Then John Fox gets yes. in touch. VIP member is John Fox. Thank you very much. He says good is Andy Urim playing football to score a try, and the fact uh, that, there was are, good. that there are actual fans at the Twickenham Stoop.
2: Yeah, that was also good. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I mean, they didn't enjoy it. Uh, there were some fans that did actually leave before the end, which I found very funny. Um, <laughs> I mean, they got absolutely battered, so who can blame them?
1: I love that. You know, the very idea of being back in the rugby stadium is so important. Fuck
2: this. This fucking I'm sick of these bastards. Enough <laughs> of this.
1: And finally, Johnny says, good as, Speaking of Quinn, says, Good is Joe Marchant. Even in very poor Quinn's showing, he always looks quality. Is he yeah. ahead of Slade or JJ for that kind of thirteen? If England don't go to the Manu crash option, I would Maybe. say no in terms of whether he'll be selected. But in terms mm. of if he, how they're playing right now, I, I think there's a good shout for how well Joe Marchant's playing. Plus, he's got a yeah. smattering of international. Exp- I mean, playing elsewhere experience.
2: That's very true. He did. Uh, he definitely has a a good Super Rugby kind of. He's, he's 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 looked a better player since he went to super rugby I think. He's learned a lot. And so
1: maybe he's just in a he's a little bit fitter.
2: Yeah, that too. He's he's he, he's effectively mid-season mm. whereas everybody else is kind of struggling a bit I guess.
1: 100 mm. minutes is up Josh. Anything else for you? 100
2: minutes. Nothing for me now. I've just got an email notification telling me that the uh the Bristol Bears training singlet that I asked them to notify me of being back in stock is back in stock. So, I mean, that's just made my evening straight off the bat.
1: Josh has got a smile on his face.
2: Absolutely. Umbro and rugby, the match made in heaven. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise.
1: Heavy 90s vibe on that Umbro training kit, isn't there? Oh, it's great. I love it.
2: Everyone's very angry about the England shirt costing £170 as well, which... Every year. Honestly, I'm so, I've, I've brought oh, this that's up on the podcast fo- that's before. That's the
1: proper mega pro one, though, isn't it?
2: No, there's, there was a story on PA this week. was New England kit will cost £170. And it's like, yes, if you buy the £100 adult pro shirt, shorts and socks. I'm sorry, if you're an adult man and you buy the shorts and socks to go with the fucking £100. You, you deserve everything you get. You deserve to be ripped off.
1: Yeah. Or well, you should use that money for something else.
2: So buy yeah, Therapy. Buy vests. Buy vests. <laughs>
1: Right, thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, and we'll speak to you all next week. When I don't even know what. Well, are we still in the middle of the league now? I've still. Mate, I've got
2: track. no fucking idea, honestly. What fixtures are this weekend? Some. The
1: Guinness Pro 14 final, of course, is this. Of course, weekend. yes. Leinster Ulster, have some of that.
2: I'm genuinely. I think that's going to be a fucking great game. I'm really excited for that.
1: There is no uh, Premiership this weekend. Have we finished then? Oh, no, there's games on Sunday. Fuck that. I don't care. I'm sick of trying to figure it out. The world is too <laughs> frightening and scary and complicated a place for me right now.
2: I completely agree.
1: Speak to you all soon. Thank you very much, everybody.
2: Goodbye. Always a pleasure. Take it.
0: Oh, no, is it everywhere? No, sure. Stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans. Oh, get in the kitchen and calm down
1: the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the
0: unexpected. Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy (laughs)